What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk the latest in the NBA as well as sprinkling in some of our own mild to spicy takes here and there. Today's Tuesday, June 6th. It's roughly 3 p.m. and I am joined today by my friend and my co-host, Brian Stanley. Brian, how are you living today? I'm thriving, man. I'm thriving. We are out here doing the Lord's work at Anderson University at the moment. It has been a crazy, hectic week, and I am just glad to get to take a little break and talk basketball with my friend, Kiefer. How are you doing, Kiefer? Indeed, I feel the same way. I, uh, I'm, I'm pr- I've been pretty busy. I did a lot of driving today, so... I was ready to just get back and uh, and talk some hoops, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. We've talked a lot about these playoffs, a lot about um, specifically these two teams and the Heat and the Nuggets, um, but we're actually gonna we're actually gonna jump into a little bit of draft talk. So the NBA draft is coming up in just a couple of weeks, I believe, on June twenty second, something like that. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about specifically these top three teams um, in the draft lottery and the three players that are being thrown around um, who are projected to go in this top three. So um, in case you don't know, uh, the draft lottery, Spurs won the first pick, the Hornets have the second pick, and the Trailblazers have pick number three. Um, I think it's a pretty obvious, (laughs) this is a pretty obvious number one pick. Um, I would be very, very surprised if the Spurs don't select Wemby at number one. Um, with Wemby um, and just all of the expectations on him, um, I saw I've seen a lot of just discourse and um, just discussions about how fast the the Spurs need to start really seriously building around him. Um, usually with with newer and fresh rookies, um, you kind of account for the two to three to four years of just getting them getting them NBA ready, um, getting them to a place where they can really compete at a high level. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who are on the train of Victor being ready pretty quickly. Um, and so just real quick on, on the Spurs and Wemby, in your opinion, what do you think the, the timeline looks like? Are they going to rush this? Should they rush this? Um, should they just like go and get a bunch of vets now? Um, should they get another, try to aim for another lottery pick next year or or in these in these coming years? What are your thoughts on the Spurs timeline with Wemby? Um, you know, when it comes to Wemby, I think that Luka Doncic has sort of provided the like, you know, sort of the the roadmap of how these players are going to come into the league. The guys who have played like the high level European basketball which clearly translates super well to the NBA. I mean, you've seen it with, with a lot of guys. Um, so I could see, you know, similarly to, to how Luca has been, you know, I could see like year two, three, four, uh, somewhere in that window we get like a deep playoff run from the Spurs. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they've got to just give them a ton of minutes, put them on the court as much as possible next year, give them as much time to develop. And I've already seen <laughs> one of the things, I don't know, uh, if you've seen anything like this, but I've seen that the Spurs have apparently been uh, leaning towards like bringing in as many French players as they can uh, over the summer, <laughs> uh, which thank thank the Lord <laughs> has has led to a lot of uh, 
a lot of rumors that they're going to give up something, uh, probably just like a second-round pick, nothing of value, but uh, they are attempting to acquire Evan Fournier, which makes me so happy. Mm. So, <laughs> Freedom. Um, yeah. Honest, the fact that we're, we might be getting rid of him without having to like give somebody else something is incredible, um, which I think is the right thing to do. Like Surround him with mentors, surround him with people that he can relate to and he can understand, like literally just in conversation. And, uh, you know, give him as much minutes as possible. I like the idea of them just trying to have a competent basketball team from day one. I think that that's the way to do this. Uh, like, you know, I, I really have always hated the, the like, let's just have young guys and let them be in a bad organization for three or four years and hope that we get more young guys and then they all work out for the better. Because, I mean, honestly, even, like, you look at a team like OKC, I kind of wonder down the line, like, how well they'll be able to flip that switch and just turn into a winning basketball team <laughs> overnight. But I like the Spurs approach instead. You know, they've been linked to a lot of trades already this offseason where they can uh, have a competent basketball team from day one. You know, I'm not expecting them to even make the playoffs next year. But if they win, like, 35 games, that would be huge. I mean, that would be huge for Victor. Um, you know, I, I definitely would love to see him play in consequential basketball games his rookie year because how often do we even get to see that with guys like – you know, Cade, Cade Cunningham hasn't played any, like, real consequential games in his career. I mean, heck, at this point, Zion barely has. So I, I would love to be able to turn on, like, a, you know, March uh, primetime game and see Victor and a team of competent uh, veterans contending for a potential, like, play-in spot or even a, a playoff spot outright. Yeah. I think the fear that so many people have about him is just the <laughs> the reality of – of his stature and being a seven foot four skinny player that is um, that can be pretty physical as well. I think a lot of people are just, just kind of afraid of what might just be the reality um, in, in his, in his career. We haven't seen somebody this big be successful simply due to, be be successful for a long for the long term simply due to um the the probability of being injured just just having um career ending injuries or career altering injuries um and so i think looking at victor and the spurs future and what that looks like um there's this there's a level of you know being smart about it and you know letting him develop letting him get some muscle on him um, but also understanding, like, we may not, this, this, it's not like a, um, even like a Luca thing where, you know, he's not the most ath athletic guy, but, um, he's, he can, he can play. We, I can see Luca playing for 20 years at a high level, like LeBron James has. Uh, when it comes to Wemby, um, I just don't necessarily see that. Um, I don't see the same sort of longevity simply because of, his build um and i don't know i don't know if the spurs think that are thinking in that direction um and maybe they'll make decisions based off of that sort of mindset but um i i agree with you i think that just putting wemby with god and i i think the spurs are the perfect the perfect place for him to land um a lot of people saying it's the it's the boring place for him to land but i mean um i think that he's going to develop the best there um, they they know how to develop a big man, and uh, they know how to put people put people that players that you wouldn't expect in the right places to create a successful team um, and develop successful players 
um, in the right way and not just it won't be like the the Victor Wembanyama show and just he's just playing bad basketball but putting up insane stats like Jalen Green is in Houston you know I think he will he will learn from the best with the best um, I think that'll be that'll be great for him and his career it's just hopefully the injuries um, he's able to avoid any serious injuries and have a long career um, that's I think that's what we're all hoping with the potential that he has to be an all-time great yeah and I mean with uh with Becky Hammond leaving the Spurs staff recently too I mean like I, I'm waiting any day now for the Tony Parker announcement I haven't heard that anywhere haven't even seen a tweet about it but I'm just calling it right now I I guarantee he will be an assistant coach before the year starts yeah that would be so sick I can't wait to see Rudy Gobert as a the backup center, or maybe <laughs> maybe even the power forward next to uh, Victor <laughs> when when he gets into the league. Frank Nilakina, come on. <laughs> um, That's about all the of, French players I know. Um, Wemby, if you, if you, I don't know how how much two K you still play to this day, but um, I play a lot of like my NBA two K where you just like you know you get to be a GM or whatever, and every single every single like simulation has Wemby as a power forward like it, it's it's you have to go in and manually change his his uh position to center um if you wanted to play center which I understand like he he plays he doesn't play like a like a traditional center obviously but my dude is 7-4 like <laughs> why are we putting him at, at a forward spot yeah. um I just thought that was funny yeah, some some people even measured him at like seven six. So I I need him to like have an official measurement. But I've seen uh, I think for the team that he's actually on right now, he plays the three. Which I guess the idea is that like he just doesn't play in the paint much. Um, although maybe he should. I don't know. That that's for time to tell. Um, but I don't know, man. He's just gonna be one of those guys, kind of like a Giannis almost. Like it's like what position even is this guy? Like I said earlier, the Hornets have the second pick, and the Trailblazers have pick number three. Um, on the Ringer's Draft Guide, um, the most updated version, Kevin O'Connor has said that um, all indications suggest that the Hornets are leaning towards Brandon Miller with his this choice as a partner for LaMelo. Um, I feel like the the discussion all season long has been that in any other draft without Wemby, Scoot would be number one. And now we're at this place where that that has kind of changed. And um, like KOC reported, like a lot of people are are talking about Brandon Miller is is projected right now in most drafts, most mock drafts to go number two. Um, do you think this is the best move? Um, are you more so thinking? fit wise for the Hornets that Miller works better or um, are you along the lines of just draft the best player available um, in that case most likely being Scoot dude I am actually in favor of either of these options for Charlotte and I like that they really I feel like they can't really go wrong if I'm being honest with you here uh, and that's not a take that I hear a lot of people have I feel like everyone is pro Scoot like I feel like, like even, you know, I was checking out some Portland Trailblazers blogs earlier, and they, of course, want Scoot. Uh, everyone I know who's a Hornets fan wants Scoot. Everyone who talks on basketball podcasts wants, you know, they, they you know, like Scoot over 
uh, Brandon Miller. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you know if, if I were the GM of the Hornets, I would draft Scoot because like you, you know you kind of end up with like the Cavs situation with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. I don't know if I've said that on this pod before, but like you you will end up with a good guard. Like that is the end result, which is a great result. But there's so many guards, like there's so many great young promising guards in the league. It feels like, like I don't know anybody in next year's draft, but I'm sure there will be a great young guard like taken in the lottery next year. You know, somebody that a whole fan base is excited by. Because guards are like, you know, the the most exciting players out there for the most part, you know. So I, I get it. Like I get why everyone wants Scoot. But players like Brandon Miller are really hard to come by. Like every draft doesn't have like, you know, a, a really skilled wing, like a really good small forward, you know. Like that type, even like that body type of like like a six seven, six eight versatile defender who can hit threes, like you know, you, you don't see a lot of those, you know. You look back at the last few drafts and it's like you can find like the Cade Cunningham, Jalen Greens, like the LaMelo balls, like that kind of stuff. Like you can find good guards and that's not a knock on Scoot. I actually think that he's probably a better prospect than all of those guys were. But um, I will say like the Anthony Edwards, Jason Tatum type of wings that we've seen in the last few years, they're extremely hard to come by. That's why I can only think of two examples right now off the top of my head. Unless you want to unless you want to count Luca in that, but I kind of don't cuz he is whatever he is. But um, all that to say, I think Hornets fans will hate this pick. I've, I also just saw on 247 Sports and on Bleacher Report. They're all reporting that the Hornets are going to take Brandon Miller. So that is more than a coincidence, um, if that means people are hearing that. So um, I think that Hornets fans will have a tough time on draft night. But if it is Brandon Miller, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. I mean, he could uh, he could give you what you lost with Miles Bridges, <laughs> or Miles Bridges might come back and you'll just have two of these kinds of players, which is exceedingly rare in today's NBA. Um, and, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of LaMelo hate lately, specifically out of <laughs> – some podcasts, um, you know, I, I've seen guys going on these whole things about how, like, the Hornets are going to have to pay LaMelo because he's a quote-unquote star. Like, LaMelo's a really good basketball player. Like, you know, Charlotte is, like, like, obviously they've sort of been, like, middling in, like, the lower part of the Eastern Conference for a few years now. Uh, but keep in mind, they also lost someone who was probably their best player just without any, you know, warning last offseason in Miles Bridges. Uh, I think LaMelo is a great player. I think he's still incredibly young. And, uh, you know, pairing him up with a player like Brandon Miller could be super exciting. Once again, though, I, I know I haven't really given, like, a straight answer. Once again, I would still take Scoot personally because I would love to just know that I have the point guard of the future on the team. Um, but if Brandon Miller is your consolation prize, that's one of the best consolation prizes I've probably ever seen in the draft. And so I don't – have you seen uh, – I don't know if you've seen, like, the videos of Scoot working out for the Portland Trailblazers, which, side note, power move that he has informed every team in the NBA that he will only, he will only work out for the Hornets and Blazers. So not even considering going outside the top three. Um, but I don't know if you've seen the videos of him working out for the Trailblazers, but, dude, he looks like a six foot two Giannis. Like, it's unbelievable. Like – 
that dude's arms are like crazy. So uh, I, I don't know that he's probably the player I'm most excited actually to see in the NBA, just because you rarely see point guards that are that muscular and athletic. So um, that that burst is gonna be crazy, dude. I I agree with you. I think I, there's no going wrong with either of these guys. Um, fit wise, I keep trying to picture I keep trying to picture the two guard thing, the two point guard thing with Lamelo and Scoot, and they're two completely different players. Um, they they both have good playmaking ability um but i feel like lamello is more of that true playmaker um even though he does he does a good bit of scoring he's more of a true playmaker than scoot is who where scoot is um just in in the draft guide on the ringer um the the comparisons are russell westbrook and derrick rose so um both of those guys are, are playmakers as well but really just rely on that athleticism and like you were talking about, a, a six foot two Giannis, um, somebody who can just muscle their way into the into the paint and dunk over every single uh, defender that's there. Um, you think about John Morant um, and, and just that that kind of play style. Um, and I I think that it could work in in Charlotte. Honestly, I think that um, him and Lamelo would be just a such a hard thing to defend um, on a game to game basis. Um, but I also I also see the same thing with Brandon Miller and um like you were talking about these these 3 and 3 and D wings um while you know Brandon Miller's not necessarily uh proved much defensively um he can definitely get there but th- those wings that are just so skilled um and can do so many things are versatile they are few and far between um we saw that like like you said with Anthony Edwards going uh, number 1 a couple years ago and just the complete enigma that he is, um, you know, he's not, he's sometimes he plays like a, like a, a big shooting guard, a big point guard. And sometimes he plays like a small forward, power forward, like a Paul George or Kawhi. Um, and that's kind of what we see. And I think that it's, it is more unique and that's what we could potentially be seeing in Brandon Miller. Um, and so while I, and, and kind of like you, I would, I think I would probably take Scoot at number two if I were the Hornets. Um, and also, I, I, as, a, as we've talked about, as living as close to Charlotte as we do, getting to see Scoot and LaMelo, that would, that would be super sick. I, I still think that Brendan Miller on the Hornets would be just as awesome, um, just as effective, um, just in a different way. Um, the only thing with that, if, if that were to be the case and Miller were to go number two and meaning that Scoot would go number three. Um, my question with the Trailblazers would simply be, you know, what is the plan? Um, obviously, Dame Lillard is still there, and they have this young guard in Anthony Simons. Um, and bringing in another, another ball-dominant guard, um, it just, it, I just don't see how it fits right now. Um, and I don't know the plans of the Trailblazers. I don't know if they are, you know, trying to, just completely rebuild, trade Dame away. I don't know if they would be willing to ship off Simons because of the fit issue. Because obviously, you know, as good as Simons has been, Scoot would be a better prospect. You know, just simply because he's he's such a such a great and unique player. Um, but I just don't see. I, I I'm just I would just be worried about the path that Scoot would maybe take if he was in Portland and just the uncertainty of what that 
team structure would look like. Are they going to, you know, are they going to keep Dame and have Scoot off the bench and uh, build around build around this this aging uh, point guard as well as this young point guard of the future? Um, how much playing time is Scoot going to get? Is it going to be something that is is uh, beneficial to his development, or is it going to be something that hinders him from reaching the potential that I think most of us see in Scoot? Um, so that that's my only drawback of of Scoot going three. It's not even that um, I don't. It's not even that just I want him to go to to Charlotte. It's that you know what does his career look like starting in Portland? Um, that's the only thing that I would kind of be worried about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing about the Trailblazers is like you know they've obviously like we've all heard that they are um, you know intending to at least look into moving their young pieces and moving, you know, the number three overall pick in order to get, you know, some help for Dame. But just think about, like, how that would look, like, even two, three years down the line if they don't win anything and Dame is just, like, 38 years old and on the brink of retirement. Like, the idea that they traded out of Shaden Sharp, who, you know, might not be, like, he might not be like an all NBA caliber player. You know, he might be, who knows, but, um, you know, we see with players of his type, you know, think like Jonathan Kaminga and guys like that who can look incredible their rookie year and then like never really get better. Um, Shaden Sharp could be a whole lot of things still. And one of them is, you know, a great basketball player, but you think if they trade out of him and, and Scoot Henderson potentially, like just imagine how bad that would look like just a couple years down the line, you know, uh, that they would be like the next example of a team that just like absolutely threw away a bright future. And I feel like we're all, you know, as sad as it is, like nobody wants to see Dame get like kind of forced out. But I think everyone kind of understands that that's like what the Trailblazers need to do. I mean, like they've got to move on at some point and they, the door is wide open. This is their golden opportunity to get out of this current era finally. And, uh, you know, they, they have, like, the, the red carpet rolled out for, like, a bright future for them with two, you know, promising young players. And honestly, even if they, you know, had a Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp-centric team going into next year, they will probably still be in the lottery. Um, but, you know, that that's a heck of a lot better of a young core than a lot of teams get the opportunity to have. So, yeah, it sucks. You know, we all love Dame. We don't want Dame to be forced out, but they're going to have to kind of force them out if, if you know, they're going to have any semblance of a bright future here. Yeah, I, and I'm excited for to see how this draft turns out. You know, just looking over the rest of the po- prospects, man, I'm just reminded of how, how stacked this draft is. You have the Thompson Twins, um, Cam Whitmore, uh, Taylor Hendricks, uh, all these guys as, as you just kind of go down this list. Um, a lot of promising players, and I'm excited to see who are the, you know, who are the Giannis's, who are the the Jimmy Butlers, the the Jokic's that are going to come out of this draft that get drafted during a Taco Bell ad. Um, <laughs> I, I just I'm just excited to see all that. Also, speaking of uh, Taco Bell ads, before we move on to our final segment, um, have you? I'm I'm sure I'm sure you've seen some of the all of the LeBron James Taco Bell commercials. With no. Taco Tuesday is <laughs> dude because <laughs> like, Taco I, Tuesday I, is apparently trademarked or something like. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a constant reminder to me that 
LeBron James is just not a great actor. Um, I know what you're talking about, dude. There's nobody on the planet who zones out harder during commercials. Like when people <laughs> when people ask me if I've like seen a commercial, I like swear it's always a no for me. It, I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. We are going to end with a a new segment that we want to introduce called Tweets of the Week. And so mm. for those of you who who aren't aren't aware, Ryan and I are both on Twitter and you can follow us. I'm at my name's library and Ryan, you are hi, I'm Ryan, right? With some underscores in between them. Yep. Um I'll I'll put them I'll put them in the in the bio so that you guys can check it out. But um, I, I don't know about you guys, but Twitter is, for me, it's my favorite social media um, because of the way that it, it feeds me information, um, feeds me good information, bad information, the information I need, information I didn't ask for. Um, but more than that, it is the result of, or it is the, the it produces so many um, of, the, of the funny things that I see on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so we are going to uh, each week talk about our tweets of the week, um, the, the, the tweets that made us laugh, the tweets that we thought were interesting or funny or, or whatever. So, Ryan, I want this is your idea, as always, <laughs> all, all the good ideas, man. You, you, you have these you have these great ideas. Um, that's why that's why we keep you around here. Um, <laughs> what is what is uh, what is your your tweets of the week for this first week that we're doing this? Um, so I don't. Do you have multiple, or was that just me? I have, we, like, an honorable mention, and I have my main one. Okay, I'll do that, too. I could have chosen a lot, but... No, it's all right. Um, I mean, one, absolutely nailed it, dude. Twitter, like, just goes hand-in-hand hand with basketball, dude. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, the, the social media side of basketball, which, like, basketball, you know, I don't know if you've seen, but, like, the NBA is actually the most popular sport on social media as far as, like, engagement goes and stuff like that, and it, it's just, shout out to the culture, man, love it. My tweet of the week, um, mm. my number one right here, I'll get to my honorable mention after, um, there's this guy, Chris Kaufman, uh, CK Parrot is his, his app, um, he is just replying to every person who says that the Boston Celtics were the better team in the last series. <laughs> and he replies with a picture of a banner hanging in TD Garden that says, Boston Celtics, the better team in 2023. <laughs> <And> just <laughs> the number of times we, you know, we've all heard it, but like, you know, it's great. It's great. I love it. Shout, shout so out to good. the Celtics on, so their, good. on their banner. Um, honorable mention, though, I don't know if you saw this, but there's like a... Uh, there was like a um, graph that this dude made, and it was like, uh, actually, I don't have a picture of it. I'm just gonna say it from memory. This is a graph this dude made where it was like um, all of the commentating crew from ABC, which of course features the legendary Mike Breen. I am of course, uh, I am mm. of course biased because he's also the Knicks home announcer <laughs> for the MSG Network. But you know, we all love Mike Breen. If you don't know Mike Breen, uh, just think of any play where you've heard a man yell bang at you when someone makes a shot. That's Mike Breen. Um, <laughs> his crew is unfortunately like the worst crew in the in the NBA. He's paired with Jeff Van Gundy, who is just on an all-time – it's like he's tanking his way out of being a commentator this offseason. 
uh, Mark Jackson, and then they he's, get, he's getting ready to be the uh, he's getting ready to be the assistant coach underneath uh, <laughs> Jason Kidd. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, it, like not to step on the tweet too much, but like, dude, like, why is he like he doesn't even like basketball anymore? Like, all all he does <laughs> is just complain the whole time. Uh, like that game the other day where he just goes. Yeah, they shouldn't even be shooting free throws anymore. If you get fouled, you just get the points. Like, what the crap? That's like, you're just reinventing the game. Um, but there's this this dude posted a graph on Twitter, and it was like, uh, you know, this is hard to explain an image, but I'll try. It was like uh, the top was uh, people who love basketball. The bottom was people who hate basketball. And on the left side is people who – uh, know the rules and people who don't know the rules was on the other side. And so basically it was like Mike Breen was knows the rules and loves basketball. Uh, and then like Jeff Van Gundy was on the other side and it was like <laughs> knows the rules but hates basketball. And then Mark, Mark Jackson was in the bottom corner of doesn't know the rules and doesn't like basketball. <laughs> so that was gold. That was oh, gold. man. Hard, hard to explain a meme. I'll, I don't know if I'm going to do that in the future of this segment, but uh, imagine <laughs> that in your head with me, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that, too, as I was trying to choose mine. Of There's a ton of funny pictures, but it doesn't – like me having to try to explain them would yeah. be difficult. But my, ever, my number if, one is a picture, so. If we ever have a TikTok segment, this has to be it. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll get there one day, people. Um, okay, so I'll start with my – I'll start with my – honorable mention so a popular Oop. basketball twitter page is called hoop central um i don't know if you follow them uh, but oh, yeah. each each game each day they'll they'll post uh a player and their stats and um it's always just like you know Jokic 41 points on 16 for 28 shooting um and a bunch of like fire emojis and just like you know hyping these players up right there's also a page called hater central at the hate central and it's it's they they have a very similar logo and they the structure of their tweets look exactly the same as hoop centrals um, but obviously their existence is to hate on the player hate on the same players that hoop central posts about so um the other night um after the after game two um they posted about michael porter jr and said michael porter jr tonight five points two for eight field goal Field goals, one for six, three point. And then in in all caps, it says, MPJ might refer to his next location because it might be Japan. Fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, but my number one came from, uh, and I don't even follow this page. They just pop up on my, on my like, recommended all the time. Um, but it's a page called Heat Nation at heat versus haters and it's it's a picture of it, it's basically a spliced picture how it's like half of Dwayne Dedman and half of Cody Zeller put together and the caption around the picture just says you can kill the man but not the idea and it's Dwayne Dedman and Cody Zeller oh my god this was also also following game two of the Nugget series where Cody Zeller had some pretty abysmal minute minutes against Nikola Jokic um and so I really like that one again pictures are are, are kind of hard to hard to illustrate yeah. it through words yeah. but um I, I enjoy them still come on I I don't know if you follow uh Kofi 
if you know that guy, Kofi Y on TikTok. Um, he's that dude who just sits on his couch and talks very chill into a mic about basketball. Um, I don't think but so. I just, I just remembered he had a tweet this last week where uh, someone asked, uh, name a player with better handles than Jalen Brown, and he said, unironically, Mason Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, he actually he actually it's does. Um, absolutely true. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if you saw the Mark Cuban thing where he, like, <laughs> he tweeted a few, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, so it wasn't for this week, but I just wanted to shout it out because it's kind of a big moment in the basketball culture. Mark Cuban asked uh, for anyone to reply if they were watching the NBA on an illegal stream because he was trying to collect data. <laughs> and it was <laughs> then people were, of course, replying with like pictures of like FBI agents, like just sitting around, like watching a computer and stuff. And then um, I saw uh, <laughs> there was like a news report that said that like five people were busted for like illegally pirating content or something like that. And uh, Jason Concepcion retweeted it and was like, special agent Mark Cuban got him. <laughs> that is so funny. I did shout not see that. <laughs> shout out to the cubes. Mm, love it. Speaking of the commercials, there's an awful Mark Cuban commercial where he's like, he's like saying things played off his name. Like he's trying to sell stuff. I think it's like a play on Shark Tank too, of like uh, Mark's Cubans and it's like these sandwiches, and then uh, there's Mark's Tubins, which is like these tube socks. It's it's an awful commercial. I just I, I hate it honestly. I don't know why I gave it this this airtime just now, but it just made <laughs> me think of it as you said, Mark Cuban. <laughs> but anyways, that is gonna be it for our show today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Deep Two. We got Game Three of the NBA Finals tomorrow. Um, just like we talked about, the NBA draft is also coming up. And then the offseason will hit, and we'll have a lot of fun stuff for you guys, and we are excited for what that's going to look like. Thanks for tuning in once again, Rye. It was always a pleasure. As always, it was a pleasure to talk hoops, hoops with you. We hope to see all of you guys next time. Shout out, because I told them I would do it, to all of my wonderful students, specifically Jacob Vaughn and the rest of you. Jake Tiger, my boy. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2.